very good. Are we are live on both. We're live, yeah. We're live. Hello and welcome to the Premier Football Podcast. I'm Rafe Garland. I'm joined here again by the lovely Joe Doherty. <laughs> We've got a fantastic pod uh, to get through today. Um, starting, I suppose, at the at the talking point of the week. Joe, is the Caribou Cup the best competition in the world? No. <laughs> oh, of course not. What do you mean no? It's, 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 it's a competition that managers actively try not to win. When was so, the last time you had so much fun watching a football match? Well, that's true. To be honest, it's given us a few crackers over the years. We can think back to just, just this, this week with... Um, both games, even the United and Chelsea game, was a cracker. Rashford's free kick in the last minute. But, of course, the, 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 the 10-goal thriller at Anfield. But even going back years, like Arsenal, it was just... How many years ago? Seven years ago or six years ago that Arsenal beat Reading 7-5 like in the Carabao Cup and before Arsenal had beaten Liverpool 6-3 at Anfield in the Carabao Cup so you do get a few a few big scorelines in it it can be entertaining but like we can't deny that it's a competition that, that managers are, are not prioritising and for Man, good reason like four of the last six Premier League winners have won the, the, the League Cup that year they won the league I know that City have won it a good, a good number of times Chelsea recently. won it the last time they won it as well right right yeah under, all, all three of the times City have won theirs They've won the League Cup as well, and uh, yeah, Chelsea won it under Conte as well. Yeah, City try to win it. City try to win as as many trophies as possible, and they can never win the Champions League. They can never even get to the final. (laughs) Was it refreshing not to have VAR involved? I know there were a couple of incorrect decisions. Yeah, no, it was great to actually watch um, like a a proper game of football. No, I mean, as an Arsenal fan, obviously, Harvey Elliott went down under the most minuscule of contact. There was no contact. Were you were you screaming out for VAR at the time, or were you kind of mindful that Arsenal's first goal might have been choked off? I wasn't, I wasn't screaming out for VAR because I think that VAR is being used appallingly. I think it's been dreadful. It's been the worst thing about football this year, especially in the Premier League. Especially in the Premier League. It's just not yeah. being used correctly. No, no, it, no, no. And, and, and to be honest, I don't think of it as a, as a medium that, that is too difficult to, to implement. I wonder if they're actually talking with, with, with the important people, the important decision makers in regards to, to sports technology and other sports to yeah. actually get this right because it doesn't seem like they are. No. They're just making their own decisions. I mean, the Premier League is the greatest example that in all the other competitions that use VAR, they have the, uh, the screen on the side of the pitch and the ref is allowed to go over and watch it. But in the Premier League, they don't have that. And, and the, so the concept just, is that it takes too long. But I mean, the oh my God, the Premier League hasn't been especially Yeah, but either. the decision making in VAR at the moment takes too long anyway yeah. like, it, like it's, it's not wasting that much more time they're still taking a lot of time out of it and to answer your original question I really enjoyed the game uh, two nights ago Wednesday night it was a thriller even though Arsenal uh, fucking blew it <laughs> as always um, it was a really really entertaining match and I enjoyed not having VAR it was, it, it was nice and I think from, from what I've seen on social media and, and, and listened to on AFTV and the other uh, media out, social media outlets we'll get on that, to I like to, that I like yeah well, that I like that I like to keep up with during the during the week. They were thinking the same thing. Fantastic, right? Um, moving on from the League Cup, um, there was, the, look, there are bigger issues at Arsenal. I know we I know yeah, we had sure. a bit of fun watching the other day, but I mean it's the massive yeah. talking point of the week. Yeah. Um, Granite Jacket Unai Emery. I know you did your reaction video last week and. <laughs> Granite Jack has come out and apologised. If if you call it an apology, apparent yeah. apparently, the original ver- German version sounded a lot more like an apology. It yeah. wasn't translated especially well. Do you still feel as strongly that Jack has got to go and should be stripped and it should be 
you know, totally isolated and exiled from the club, having read what he's come out and said. Um, I knew that he was getting this sort of abuse before because I've been looking at his comments section for months and I see what yeah. he gets. I, I mentioned it in my in my video during the week that I, up until the Brighton mistake where I gave away penalty and cost of Champions League football, yeah. I was fine with Granit Xhaka. I was probably more than fine. I liked him. I liked how he builds up the play from the back. I thought that he had a really good season last year until he made that mistake. And then he went and he fucking committed that foul against Tottenham and he cost us the North London derby we drew. It was the, the stupidest penalty that I've ever seen conceded in my life. There's no excuse for going to ground with two feet. He should have been sent off in the first half, in the box. It's insane. And he's been made captain. Like I think you made another good point on your video, though, that it's not necessarily his... That's that's another thing that I would certainly say. That I mean, what if if say pretend for last week's game against Palace before sure. the game had happened, if Granit Xhaka had came out and said that he was not going to play that weekend, yeah. you know he he'd been taking too much stick from the fans and he didn't think his performances have been up for it, so he was going to withdraw yeah. himself from the squad. How would that have gone down? That would have gone down well. I I, I, I asked, what what kind of what kind of fan would be happy if their captain turned around and said I am going to withdraw myself from the squad because I do not deserve this. He'd, he'd be laughed. He'd be laughed at the Premier League. No, it's not because the key point that you made there is that who this player is and the fact that he's been making mistakes. Joe, you, and he's you not, don't you don't refuse to go to work. You don't say I'm not <laughs> playing this weekend because I'm not good enough. Granite Jacker was supposed to take a month or six weeks paternity leave and he didn't. But he hasn't. He, he, he hasn't. He said when he, when 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 we knew that his wife was pregnant or some midway through the pregnancy that he'd be taking paternity leave in October. We're now in November and he didn't take it. He should have done that. He I would have been fine because he said that originally. I mean, I you you recommend that yourself. Like it, it, it yeah. changes you as a person. I'd imagine. Uh, uh, of course. Uh, and okay. there's a lot to process. Okay, that, that that's that that's uh, that's certainly a good a good uh, a good point that you make. Yeah, I, I became a dad last June. June 2018 and if someone was making comments on my social media pages about my son or my wife then I would not be liable for uh, I, I don't know what I'd be capable of basically yeah. like that would that would fill a rage inside of me that I don't think that I, I ever would have I mean th this before. is again look it's obviously a small minority of fans that are that are getting on and, and causing this kind of that are, are directly abusing him and his family yeah it, yeah. it, it is a small minority but I mean is there not a bigger shift recently towards the idea that fans can kind of say and do whatever they want mm. that you know what i mean these people on tv they're not actually human they're just figures in kind of the the arsenal world or the liverpool world or whoever what whatever team you follow they're they're like tv's on a soap uh, characters on a tv show like people okay this works both ways there's definitely this 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 um misunderstanding that the fact that someone makes a hundred grand a week that they are untouchable or that they don't have feelings or that they don't keep up with their social media posts and of, of course they do yeah. we're, we're all human beings at the end of the day and just because you're a multi-millionaire um, it doesn't mean that you can't be depressed or you can't react in a bad way because people are, are attacking you on your social media pages even if you're getting love at the same time yeah. like it, the, the, just because you're, you're a rich person it doesn't mean that you're not going to, going, going to feel that way at the same time, we have the rise of, of fan channels through YouTube, obviously AFTV, kind of United Stand, Full Time, yeah. Devil, Devil's Red Men are the, most, are the most popular. And I suppose AFTV is the most notorious for being really outspoken and really, really, really attacking its own players and going in. Yeah. Maybe that's because it's an Arsenal channel and Arsenal fans are reactionary. Arsenal haven't been in a good place for a long, long time now, yeah. if you really think about it. 
but at the end of the day, fans should have a voice. Fans pay a lot of money every year to watch their teams. Fans have just as much of a right as pundits to go out and express their opinion. I think they and do. As long as they're not getting to the stage of, of threatening players. I mean, we could talk about booing Granite Xhaka. For me, I would never boo a player. But what is a boo if we actually think about it? A boo is an opposite of a cheer. Yes. Is it that bad? No, it's not that bad. No, it's not. It's obviously, it's, it's, it's obviously miserable for the player. But I mean, like the point I made earlier was that the player doesn't pick the team. If he's been playing consistently mm. poorly for a long period of time, it's on the manager to drop him. I don't think. I don't think as a player of, of any sport ever you can go to a coach and say, "Don't pick me this week. I'm too shit to play for this team." Because you're finished the second you do that. <coughs> Especially in elite level football, like you are finished when you show weakness. What well, isn't it the coach who has to be the one to identify that a player is? Okay, so say if, say if you've coached uh, like mini World Cup level, that sort of like kids kids football. Yeah. If there's a kid who's not been playing well in every match, are you going to pick him? Say say. Well, I mean, say, at, at kids level, you are of course because it's all about getting people minutes and okay. it's a friendly competition. Uh, uh, okay, fine. No, not talking. But I mean, look, experience. I, yeah. what, what about what about in the Premier League? If someone has had four or five bad games in a row, they, it's they need, only the logical decision to take, take them out of the team. team. They need a spell out of the side. This is the problem with Xhaka. But I, I don't know why why you why would you boo Xhaka? I mean, he does not. He's not asking. He's not begging to be in that team. He's he's doing his best. I don't. Think, I don't think it's anyone's fault of his effort. I mean, you go back as far as the Europa League final last year when they lost to Chelsea, and uh, the Arsenal players were really bit up about it. But only one mm. of them, only one player, was actually bothered to come out and get an interview after the game. And that was Granit Xhaka. Of course, it was. And do you know who? In, in all of those kind of away trips, the ones where we were getting beaten over recent years, the one player who was always pushing the other players yeah. up to go to to clap the fans was Granit Xhaka. Don't, like the, pl- I, the player that the fans elected as captain. Players. The player, sorry, the players elected as captain is yeah. Granit Xhaka. Yeah. You know what I mean? He the 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 manager wanted him as captain. The players wanted him as captain. The fans uh, maybe they didn't want him as captain, but they must have seen that he was. He was the only one. I don't want to say the only one that gave a shit, but like I mean, he he seemed to care more about Arsenal than any of the other players. He does care. So, I mean, there are a lot of blow-ins in the Arsenal team at the minute that'll come and go. I mean, a lot of good players, but a lot of guys that'll move on. There are some guys that are are obviously really committed to it. But he's definitely on the, on the higher end of, of commitment. I, I, I agree with you. I mean, this is a guy who was captain of Borussia Mönchengladbach. They're, they're a serious German team at yeah. the age of 21. Yeah. Club captain. Captain of his national side currently. Um, the, the, clearly, he has leadership qualities. Clearly, he's a leader. Clearly, people look up to him. You, you yeah. can only see the response from the Arsenal players uh, that's come out this week in the media. Apparently, if Emery had removed the armband from him, yeah. there would have been a complete revolt. And yeah. it, it, in addition to that, we've had people like Emiliano Martinez, the reserve goalkeeper who played against Liverpool during the week, coming out and giving him an interview saying how much they respect him. One of his international colleagues, Fabian Sharp, who's a centre-back, plays in the continent, came out and, and similarly gave him an interview saying how much he respects Xhaka. Yeah. So it's it, it it's clear, like, he's... Uh, Munchen Gladbach, good clubs. Switzerland, they're ranked in the top 10 in the world. Yeah. Arsenal, they're one of the biggest... They're, they're a huge, huge, huge yeah. enterprise. So the fact that he keeps being named like the number one guy in all of these teams, it says a lot about him. The one thing that I will say is that he hasn't batted up on the pitch for I mean, Arsenal. On, uh, don't get me wrong. Actually, last season, I thought he yeah. was really good next to Torreira. Yeah. And the season before, I thought he was all right and he was made a scapegoat. And it's the fact that Wenger was always playing him with like a Ramsey or a Wilshere beside him. And... He's expecting Xhaka to do all of the defensive work. And if you notice the other teams that he's played at, when he plays for Switzerland, he plays yeah. alongside Dennis Zakaria, 
who's a really good uh, industrious midfielder who can win the ball yeah. back and, and let Xhaka dictate the tempo of the game which is what he's, he's best at yeah. and when his best performances came for Arsenal it was last year playing alongside Lucas Torreira in a 4-2-3-1 and just and he, this yeah. season Emery's just ditched that and he's, led, he, he's fed him to the line but I mean it's, it's happened to other clubs before where players have obviously been in the team for prolonged periods of time and, and the fans didn't think that, that they were good enough I know we're focusing on Arsenal a little bit today, but they're, they're obviously a massive talking point this week. Yeah. Like, obviously, watching Liverpool for years, there was that period at Liverpool um, after they challenged in kind of 08, 09, before they came back in 13, 14. Yeah. And I remember Lucas Leiva really established himself as, as, a, as a key player then. But, I mean, up before Benitez left and, and while Xabi Alonso was there, I mean, he, he was laughed off the pitch. And whenever he'd play, similarly, he seemed to make a mistake or he'd give away a penalty or he'd miss a chance. And, you know... The fans hated him, but I, I never remember him getting booed at Anfield. And I know that, that Pogba gets some boos at United for not living up to what he does. But I mean, there seems to be an especially toxic culture at Arsenal that seems to go even further than, than what's happening. The, dre- the dressing room is split yeah. in, into two groups of players. Pro-Jaka against Jaka, pro-Emery against Emery, whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? It goes, it goes past that. The fans, I'm not even saying that they're... they're pro-Emery or, or anti-Emery a lot of them seem to be anti-Emery but they seem to be divided as to whether or not they're they're on board with attacking the players for the performance whether they're not and you spoke about the rise of Arsenal fan TV but are they not just the guys that, that shout the loudest that get heard the most their opinion seems to carry extra weight because they've got their, their big YouTube fan whereas previously fans would have just a fan would have been a fan unless they were directly involved in the club I know there would have been supporters groups but I mean, supporters groups are run totally differently to the way that the the private social media things are uh-huh. are done. Like it, they they rose to prominence, and obviously, look, you said it yourself during the week that the, the gold standard in terms of production and the content they put out there and how aggressive they are online, they're a brilliant watch. But they're they're so entertaining. Like I mean, a lot of their fans when they became really big was during the the Emery out, not Emery the the Wenger out yeah, era. And I mean, they weren't they weren't Arsenal fans that were watching. When Arsenal would get beaten, the rest of the Premier League would turn in to watch these guys <laughs> go nuts. It's still like because they were. But this is what I'm saying. It, it, like yeah. I've watched a lot of Arsenal fan TV without being an Arsenal fan, just because it's hilarious. Yeah. And well, I mean, but these guys get taken seriously. It seems by a broader kind of section of the Arsenal fans, just because they have the loudest voices. I mean, you. You wouldn't have always have been an Arsenal fan. Like, we, like we've said before we live in Ireland it's not possible to be match going the whole time and when teams kind of fall off the radar they fall off the radar yeah. and obviously Charlton went off the radar a few years ago and yeah. at, at, the, at a consensual age almost as it was not as a, not as a kid age you picked Arsenal yeah. and I mean Arsenal weren't the best team in the league at the time they, they played really nice football though they were always entertaining yeah. so I suppose the question I have for you Joe is after as many years as an Arsenal fan do yeah. you feel like you've got the entertainment that you wanted? I love being an Arsenal fan. Even though I came to Arsenal later than than most would, I would say that I'm as. But surely this is what as, Arsenal as, fans, as old school, as, have always as, been about. There's always just been drama at Arsenal. There's always it's, it's always good or it's always bad, but it's always high profile. Do you know what I mean? You 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 never even be guaranteed to win games. Like I said, you weren't the best mm-hmm. team, but it was always entertaining football. You'd always be guaranteed goals in a game, and you still get that at the Emirates. It's it's still. It's the same old Arsenal, man. Do you know what I mean? They, 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 were, they were good for a prolonged period of time, but they've never been dominant. Yeah. Like, I mean, they've won, obviously, trophies over the years. But, I mean, there's never been a sustained period of Arsenal dominance. They're not a, 
a huge club like that but I mean they can get away with being the most expensive sports team to watch in the world just because mm. they guarantee entertainment so I have very little sympathy for Arsenal fans when they get all when they get so worked up and all they're oh, Arsenal Arsenal they're designed to be like this mm. I don't know what Arsenal was like to, to like view from, the, from to, to, to view from the 90s because it like or earlier because we were like the kids in the 90s yeah. like we, we, we were I don't know what it was like then but like the the, the, the the opinion that you get of Arsenal is of a is of a huge club like I've read a lot about football history and one of the most respected managers in the that you read about is Herbert Chapman who, who led Arsenal to um, a good few league titles in like the 1930s so we're going way 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 back so they've always been around they, it's a London club London's yeah. the capital of it of, of England of the United Kingdom like they're the biggest club in London. I'm sorry, Chelsea fans and Tottenham fans, but there's no debate. You can't debate. Well, if you look at success over the last fifteen years, but there's one. T- there's one club in London. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the biggest. Who's the biggest? What? Uh, who's the biggest club in London? The biggest club in I mean, London. Is that into Wales? It's gonna die. It's grand. It's grand. I mean, it's that twenty percent. Is the wire plugged in properly? Is yeah, what I'm saying. The, the, yeah, it is plugged in properly. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. The, the biggest, the biggest club in in London is Arsenal. There's no debate yeah. about the most successful in recent years is Chelsea. There's another club that like to talk a lot about themselves, but like, fair enough. They haven't done too much. But all I'm saying is, I d- like, do you know what I mean? Say, say the campaign comes through and and, and Emery leaves, and you know, you get Emery out, and yeah. you get a new manager in. But I mean, what? What do you think is going to change? Because nothing is changing above that. If uh-huh. you look at the dominant teams in England right now. There are two. Look, Chelsea have a have a model for success, and they've yeah. always had where they, they it's it's through trading young players, whether for bad or for worse. They they always yeah. manage to bring in massive capital through trading young players. They go, they identify successful players traditionally, good established players, bring them in, and they're kind of redefining themselves now. And they have a very clear identity with what they want to do, and a very clear thought process. Liverpool have the same process, and um, the assistant manager um, Pep. L- Logrens is his name at Liverpool yeah. yeah gave a great press conference last week about some of the young lads coming through the team basically saying yeah look they're fantastic players even after the United game Ox is brilliant you know all this you think about Fabinho last year he was signed for big money and he's, he's come on to do so well but Liverpool have a system that you have got to learn how to play in that system they talk about how they're able to play so freely and it's because of the defensive work that the front three do they managed to contain six players with their press. Liverpool don't necessarily high press anymore. The front three will high press and the midfield will sit deep and then they'll clean up in behind. And it's, it's an incredibly tactical system that they have there. Mm. And they work a lot on it. Whereas City obviously have their passing philosophy and they keep the ball and it's very flashy and very attractive. Yeah. Arsenal at the moment, even United have a counter-attacking way. Look, United yeah, are, yeah, yeah. are in a shambles. I think there was um, someone hired a couple of years ago at Arsenal to take over the recruitment from Borussia Dortmund. I yeah, know. Sven Mislintat. That's his name. He's yeah. gone. He is gone. Yeah. Um, now, Eddie is... Uh, he left because Rahul Sandiahi, who is um, effectively the director of football... Yeah, he is uh, the director. He, he was named director of football yeah. over. I'm glad he wasn't. He? Well, no, it was always going to be Sandiahi, but, but there, there was another position, technical director, under a director yeah. of football, which uh, he didn't fancy... Uh, Miss and Top 4 he wanted Miss and Top to just yeah. be head scout but I mean they brought so, this guy in at the end of the Wenger area yeah, yeah, yeah. and he was gonna he was gonna define the recruitment going forwards he had done such a brilliant job at Dortmund and, and helped them build this process 
Yeah, and I mean, having heard interviews with Jurgen Klopp, the the process that Liverpool had was the most attracting thing that he heard. Yeah, attractive thing that he heard from the club was like, look, look at the way that we're going to analyze statistics. You know what I mean? You look at his last year at Dortmund, and most people would say it was a total disaster. You know, they finished way down the league and they were all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was incredibly impressed when he went to Liverpool, and they said you were so unlucky that last year. He goes, you saw that last year. What happened? It was crazy. And it, like, if you look at the stats of expected goals for games, possession, yeah, uh, territory, it was just that they weren't finishing well, and they were conceding goals that they were conce- They seemed to be conceding screamers every week, yeah, and missing yeah, sitters yeah. every week, and it, it was just the football that they were playing wasn't plausible for them to finish where they did, and you couldn't understand. They could look, we're really interested in this technical side of things as well. Yeah, we want you to handle the football coaching, but I mean, in terms of recruitment, this you can have the final say, but this is what we're basing it on this, we know how you played we identified how you played and even though it was a rubbish season we know it was brilliant football that your, your, your method doesn't change and this is what we want whereas at Arsenal that seemed to be a, a brilliant move for them a couple of years ago getting business out getting him in and then when he fell off I mean like he, even at Arsenal he brought in Torreira, Guendouzi and Aubameyang didn't he? yeah he did yeah yeah to be honest I'm not too uh, concerned about the fact that he's gone because I'm happy with the recruits that we made this summer I'm happy with Edu coming in, moving from the Brazilian national team, and he's taken up that role. Are you are you delighted with the recruits that you made this summer? Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely fine. Kieran Tierney, I think he's going to be a great left back. He's only just come into the team after. Um, oh, I definitely wouldn't judge him yet. After injury, um, Nicolas Pepe, the jury is definitely out. But I'm impressed with what I saw against Pretoria. Sabios, yeah. I think, has been the one that has, has underwhelmed me the the, the least. Uh, he was very underwhelmed me the most. I, I think that he's been very average. There's a lot of people who are talking about him like in a very positive way. I, I, I would I wouldn't be getting out the checkbook to sign him uh, anytime soon. Yeah. So he can go back to Real Madrid after his loan as far as I'm concerned. That leaves Saliba who's still on loan at um Saint-Etienne for another season and David yeah. Luiz. And I said on my first episode of Joe's Corner, I've been happy with David Luiz and I stand by that. I don't think he's been a bad signing. I think he's been good for us. I think aside from the penalties, aside from the two penalties, I told, I said that in the in the, in, in my first Joe's corner mm-hmm. against Liverpool, he had a very poor game. Yeah. In the other games, he's been good, and I like David Luiz. I always liked him. He's a very composed defender. He's the last point that I uh, not that I point I want to make. But the last question I have um for a resident Arsenal fan is about Jose Mourinho. Yeah, I mean, I've heard a lot of talk about Jose Mourinho this week. I mean, you cannot be serious. You, you cannot be serious. You you mentioned uh, definitely correctly the a club having a philosophy. Yes. And, and Arsenal does not have one right now. We went from having a, a philosophy under Arsene Wenger to losing the, that philosophy, um, and it changing midway. Do you remember he went from uh, from from like these big players, you know, Patrick Vieira, Gilberto Silva, Manuel Petit. Those guys to, to in midfield having Brzezinski, Fabregas, you know, diminutive players. And then, and, and then he lost that identity completely in his last two years and we, and we were shit. But under Emery, I thought that there was hope last year that he was establishing his own philosophy. Completely gone out the window this year. I, I see no evidence of coaching, no evidence of how we, we want to play. Other than I can see that he's keen to, to feed the fullbacks and he's he's keen to. I mean, the, 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 all the criticisms of Jose last year was that they didn't have a style, they didn't know how to play. This is what this, there's a bunch of end touch players that, is, that, that the, lost the, interest. This is what I'm saying. So, Jose Mourinho, would he get us back at the Champions League this season? I honestly think that if we were to hire him 
now or he's not going to take a one year no, no, contract no 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 listen to me he'd take a two and a half year deal which is what would be on offer half a year to say just to the end of this a two and three quarter whatever it is he'd take that, that, that that's that's the sort of deal yeah, no one gets you're making, you're making a deal with the devil so, bringing in Jose Mourinho l- listen to me I'm not saying bring him but in but you're an Arsenal fan I'm it's not, all about I'm not saying gratification. I'm not saying bring him in I'm just trying to give you two sides of the same coin okay so the Jose Mourinho option do I think that he'd get us Champions League football this year if he came in now or if he came in after the international break and before Christmas yes do I think that every will? I don't know. I hope that he does, but I'm not 100% guaranteed. No chance. No chance. So for me, Mourinho could be a good short-term fix. Who, who, who out there looks like they have a, a clear philosophy? Yeah. Me, the, 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 the one that who does is Eric Ten Hag, who's the, the Ajax manager. Is he ready to take on Arsenal now? Is he, is he ready to give up his Ajax project? I think that if Arsenal came calling, it would be impossible to turn down. But I want to see how he reacts this season to losing um, some of his best players, you think of, of De Jong and De Ligt during during the, the, the summer mm-hmm. transfer window. So I, I wouldn't be going to, to appoint him right now. That's why I think that it could make sense to go for someone like Jose Mourinho in the interim and mm-hmm. then it's a get back in the Champions League and see how the other guy develops because because the, the other option is giving it to someone like Freddie Jungberg Jung- and that's you don't want that. The that, other, that that's the that's other a give it to Giggsy situation. Don't get me wrong. I think Freddie Youngberg has done phenomenal work in the Arsenal Academy, and I won't hear a bad word said against his coaching ability. But it's not fair to put him in the lion's den. It's like giving Jack. It's not. Do you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. it, it, you're you're throwing him under the bus because it, if results don't go our way, people are gonna go against him. What about Brendan Rodgers? Oh, I'd take Brendan Rodgers. I know you would, but I don't think he'd go to Arsenal because I don't think the structure of the club is there. The structure of the club is there. The the hierarchy in terms of what we have behind the scenes is the one thing that is there. The one thing that isn't is a good coach. So do you the think, players do you think are there, the hierarchy Cron- is there. a good owner. Cronky's uh, uh, an owner. He's decent. He's he, he, he he's not he's not the devil like people make him out to be. I don't think that he is. I think that Sandahi is a is a, is a very, very, very good director of football. I think that Edu is a good technical director. And then I think that we have a more than decent Fair. squad of players, Fair. more than capable of qualifying the Champions League. What I think we have, uh, what what's missing is a, is a coach who's capable of getting. Us I there. think Brendan Rodgers would look at Arsenal and say that place is toxic. I'm going nowhere near that until they have their shit together. Anyway, we'll move away from Arsenal. We do have so <laughs> much else to discuss. Um, <coughs> we'll move over to Liverpool very very quickly. I don't want to hang too long on them. Um, okay. Jurgen Klopp has threatened to pull his team out of the. Carabao Cup quarter final due to the fixture con- congestion in December. He said that yeah. if they do not find a good time to play this game, they will fork. Now I don't think he's I don't know if he's actually serious or if that's ever actually been done. Yeah. He might be being a tad dramatic considering Liverpool are the size of the club they are and they have the resources they have. They could obviously find eleven underage players to go and play this game. They wouldn't need to pull them out of the competition. I mean especially considering how well the youngsters did the other night, I'm sure there's they have plenty of faith in their academy. I think he's being a little bit dramatic in response to Pep's comments last month that Liverpool had it easy over the Christmas fixture yeah. with Premier League fixtures. Yeah. You'll have to tell me exactly where the game that clashes is because I, I can't. So the game why. so the game that's gonna clash, their Carbo Cup quarter final is due to be played um mid December. Uh, on the same day that they're due to be playing in That's dying by the way. It's gone from 20 to 10 in the last couple of minutes. Yeah, it'll be okay. I don't think it will. It will be okay. Okay. Um, 
yeah, sorry, they're due to be playing in uh, the FIFA World Club Cup. The FIFA Club World Cup. Yeah. In the yeah. Middle East. Yeah. On the same day. Yeah. They have to get out, they have to get special compensation to get out of work them, don't they? No, well I mean they obviously their their League Cup game will be refixed, but I mean if you look at the busy Premier League schedule through December and January, there's no time for to be refixed really. So he said that they've got to find an appropriate time. He said I'm sure they will, and Liverpool will feel the team, yeah. and it'll be grand. He said that they could feel they could play this the games on the same day and feel two separate. No, teams. well, I, I'm suggesting that. I, I I read that in the media somewhere today. I really I don't yeah. think Liverpool have been suggesting that. Yeah. I mean, where's the priority? The priority should surely be to the Carabao Cup. I mean, the, the FIFA Club World Cup. Edwin van der Sar ranks the '96 Club World Cup as the highest achievement of his career. Does he? Wow. Yeah. I've never paid any attention to those. Um, the South Americans cross, can cross take, continental. Yeah. South Americans take it very seriously. Do they? Yeah. No. To, to to be honest, like we'd be serious football fans. I've literally never paid that. Yeah. Those no, competitions this slide. Although that's, that's Manchester United never won the Champions League. <laughs> Manchester United. Did, Manchester United did. Uh, they won forfeit, forfeit their place in the FA Cup. Yeah. To play in a in a goal. They did, and Liverpool could set the record for the most games played by a Premier League side this year. Should they win all of their games, including finals, or well, obviously make it to all of the finals possible, they'll play 69 games, which equals the record of Rafa Benitez's Chelsea team yeah. when they won the Europa League and lost both the finals of the League and FA Cup. Yeah. Interesting fact. It's, it's a serious amount of games. Um, last thing about Liverpool, Fernando Torres, as you may have seen in our poll this week, came out and pledged his uh, lifelong allegiance to Liverpool yeah. only eight years after leaving the club or going on nine years after leaving the club in January yeah. on deadline day having handed in a tra- transfer request to move to Chelsea to win titles yeah what do you make of that Joe? Uh, he can go fuck himself transfer that to, to, to Arsenal I, I, I don't know time for someone like that no time he yeah. forced he forced to move to a direct rival no I know Van Persie did it with Manchester United well Van Persie Van Persie ran down his contract it's not quite as well there were promises made to Van Persie that, that weren't kept. So I don't know yeah. if it's the same with Torres. They're probably... Can we just check this phone is charging? Because I'm very convinced it's going to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, is there any way of... Will it buzz or anything if I plug it out? It should buzz if you plug it back in. Yeah, it's coming in. I mean, there's no buzz there. Like, and it's definitely about to die. Sorry, lads. I know this is kind of unprofessional, but we're live and our camera's about to die. what I was telling you earlier yeah man um, do you have another iPhone charger or no I'll grab one for you now in just a sec Joe the yeah. next thing that I want to talk about that you might play for me for just a minute and give your opinion on Shane Duffy this week was sacked by Derby County sure for his role in or for essentially getting injured you know he is 33 years old going yeah. on 34 he's picked up a series he's of Richard Keogh who did I say Shane Duffy Shane Duffy. We think of Duffy and Keogh because they're the centre-backs for Ireland. I actually wrote down Shane Duffy. I know it was Richard Keogh. Richard Keogh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah sacked by Derby um, mm. after the two lads that were caught drink driving basically kept their contracts. Derby came out and issued a statement that said that they will not in any way stand behind players that are making bad decisions and, and being reckless yeah. and endangering the lives and safety of civilians. Yeah. So they've sacked Richard Keogh who is at the end of his contract or at least is injured for the rest of his contract and has no resale value. Yeah. 
having offered him a seriously reduced contract in the meanwhile, whereas they've kept on the other two boys that essentially were at the wheels of the cars who fled the scene, left him unconscious at the scene and came back. They have been fined six weeks wages and ordered to do 90 hours of community service each. Yeah. It's completely unfair. Isn't whereas it? he's lost over a million a year. And I look, and we're not defending what Richard Kyo has done. Yeah. But I want to talk a little bit about ethics in football. Mm. Uh, you know, these lines that football clubs draw can be seriously distorted. I want to talk a little bit about Manchester City and I want to talk a little bit about the fine that Bulgaria received. Did you hear about the fine Bulgaria? Yeah, I did, yeah. Would you yeah. feel the lads in very quickly while I find your charger for that fine? So, so basically, as, as, um, as most serious racism cases go in football, Bulgaria were given like a 60,000 euro fine or 60,000 pound fine um, for the, the, the disgusting abuse that was, that was hurled the way of the English, English players um, just a couple of weeks ago. And if we think about that, like the, the one incident in football that really stands out to me is the Nicholas Bentner um, in Euro 2012, where he was celebrating a goal and he, he lifted up his shirt to display Paddy Power underwear. And he got fined 100 grand for that. Finding someone 100 grand for displaying underwear promoting a betting company, that's fine. Finding someone country an organization of a, of a country's football team a national football team less than that for racist abuse is an absolute abomination this is something that really 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 has to change in football and Rafe and I spoke about this on the first podcast that we ever did and, and certainly um, during our midweek video that we did um, that that week as well that, that, that this is something that really 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 has to change in football otherwise didn't Otherwise, where are we going with society? Like it's 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 something that stems into into in society as a whole and and, and and really 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 merges football and politics. Yeah, and, definitely. And those two those two those two worlds. Yeah, I've I've missed most of what you just said, but I'm, it was mostly about Bulgaria, was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and the lack of their disqualification from any tournaments. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was there was no reprimand for what they did. Like that, that like Rafe had asked me, I think during that that podcast what I would do or what punishment would be would be appropriate for a country committing that sort of abuse and I said that you, you have to hit them as hard as possible it's like it's like a, a life sentence in, in prison for murder um, you, you have to you have to ban them for the, from, from the from the competition that they're in indefinitely or, or the qualifying tournaments indefinitely yeah like that's the only that's the only way that they're going to funny Finding look, any, look, any they're obviously they're a smaller FA than most, and the stadium closure will hit them. And look, it, it, they they will find the money. They'll they'll come up with it somewhere. They will learn from it. They might learn from it. They won't but learn from it. at the same time, it doesn't really tackle the, the broader issue. It's going to continue to happen elsewhere. Somewhere that has more money will laugh it off and go, oh, it's not a bit major deal, until fans actually start paying with their team's not being able to participate in competitions, it's not going to act as a deterrent. Um, we have, as voted for by the fans, by the followers of the Premier Football Podcast, Joe, we have got the Premier League team of the decade <coughs> here yeah, in front of me. Yeah. Um, in goals, <coughs> we've got Peter Cech, first time at Chelsea and Arsenal. Yeah. Is there any debate that he's the, the best goalkeeper of the decade? I think you could strongly... Uh, debate for De Gea to be included there. It I, could. Think, I, th I think that Czechs 
real prime years came between about 2004 and 2012, 13. Yeah. I don't think that after he moved to Arsenal, he didn't move to Arsenal in 2015, but he didn't play but in the Chelsea. He won the European Cup at Chelsea, didn't he? He did, he did, he did, he did. I mean, at that stage, he was possibly the best keeper in the world. Yeah, he was. You could actually say penalties then. Maybe, maybe I'm salty. <laughs> maybe I'm salty. I think here because I think you got him post peak. Uh, but because uh, because of how he played for Arsenal. Right. No, P- Perisic was a phenomenal goalkeeper. His Chelsea yeah. teammate Branislav Ivanovic slots in at right back. I can't debate that. I would have picked Ivanovic. I think I did pick Ivanovic. Yeah, I think that I did as well. Yeah. Um, like Zabaleta and Sanya were also mentioned there, and, and I can't remember the. Uh, no, Sanya was not mentioned though. He was surely not. Yeah, Bakary Sanya was good, man. Oh, man. So, no competition for Branislav Ivanovic at right back anyway. Uh, Nemanja Vidic at right centre back. The only one who can rival him for me is Vincent Kompany. Vidic was, uh, maybe it's because Vidic has been out of the game longer than Kompany has at this stage, but both phenomenal players. Along, along with his mate Rio. Yeah, again, he, uh, yeah you can't argue with that. No Vidic place for John Terry as I the mean, best centre back of the decade. Cr- cruel, to, cruel to miss out, but Vidic and Ferdinand, if you're looking at a centre back partnership. We're obviously not followed by enough Chelsea fans. <laughs> uh, having said that Ashley Cole sneaks in a left back yeah again I'd struggle to debate that I think that I voted for Colorado just because <laughs> just because it's Ashley Cole so hang on we've got a back five made up entirely of Chelsea and United players I know Czech had a stent at Arsenal I, I, I texted you the other day about when we realised that this is the team we've been picked to say that that team would not concede goals it's Mo- moving on the from the Chelsea and United back five we've got N'Golo Kante who currently plays for Chelsea, I love Kante. He's a great player. Is there a better number six in the world? No, no. I think he's been the best number six since that breakout season for Leicester. When I they think so. League. I don't think there's he's any debating in that. He 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 covers he covers ground for three men yeah. at a time. Yeah, yeah, easy as well. Steven Gerrard, as number eight, edge there, Frank Lampard. Yeah, again, like we got Gerrard's. Yeah, 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 yeah Torre, I think as well. He did, he did. We got Gerard's absolute prime years just a little bit before that. 2010 11, he was still doing the bids. The Man, he was playing as a striker at 10 11. He was, he was, that was 9 10. Under, yeah, 9 10, 10 11, probably as well. No, phenomenal player. Best, best. If, you, if you look at, especially his form for England at the early stage of this deck, he, he was best, England's best player until he retired. I was just going to say, he, he's the best out and out number eight that we've ever seen in the Premier League so of yeah. course he's in the team he's, he, was, he, was a, he was an unbelievable player the, my, my only regret is as, as someone who's got a lot of English blood is that he never did enough to, to fire England to a, to a major tournament no. along with, along with a, lot of, a lot of his colleagues as well number 10 I think there's only one man it's not your mate Mesut Ozil um, it's unfortunately for you Kevin De Bruyne I wouldn't argue with that he is the best though yeah, he's been fantastic since he came back to the Premier League, hasn't he? Really, 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 really top player. Chelsea let him go. Mourinho let him go. Mourinho wasn't convinced. So and there was a few, there was Lukaku yeah, as what, well. What, what if he got Mourinho at Arsenal and he wasn't convinced about Martinelli? I said that Mourinho would be a short-term fix. And but he, what he's there, he can still sell all these players. What if he wasn't convinced about any of the young players coming through? What if he's not, he's not convinced about Saka or not convinced about Joe Willock? You know what I mean? Yeah. He let go of Mo Salah, Lukaku, and Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. Yeah. In the space of two years at Chelsea. Yeah, I know. 
There's a, there's a strong argument for Mourinho. There's a strong argument against right, Mourinho. Fair enough. I think the, the most contentious one that we had, the only split vote that we had at all, um, was on the right wing, and that was yeah. Riyad Mahrez and um, Raheem Sterling. Mahrez won out in the end, Joe. Um, yeah. I was actually surprised at that. I voted for Sterling. I voted for Mahrez. Has he been the, the best right back of the decade? Right winger. <laughs> right winger of the decade. I, I, I think that Riyad Mahrez is a beautiful player to watch. He's so good on the ball, and again, probably a, p- a part of it in me is the romantic side of the fact that he played. For, he was the the man. You're not the only one. The, fa- the fans have voted. It. No, that's what Twice. I mean. Twice. That's what I mean. How many people are pro? I was just surprised that Jamie Vardy didn't get so many votes as striker. Like we, moved we have Ro- a second referendum. We, 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 we moved Rooney to the left wing just so that we could. Like I was, I was really pushing for Vardy to be included in the strikers. I love watching Jamie Vardy, but Mahrez is like that. It's it's that romanticism about that Leicester 2016 team. And he's a quality player. I love watching him play. I wish he'd signed for Arsenal because we were in for him. I really do. I think he's better than Pepe. He's much better than Pepe. He's much better than Pepe. <laughs> Sergio Aguero makes the, the striker role. And I mean, yeah. that was a contentious one. I mean, he's a fantastic player, but there are yeah. so many good strikers that have come through the Premier League in the last few years. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think I mean, he, was, he, he was up against. He was up against Harry Kane, uh, Robin Van Persie and Jamie Vardy. That, that's the strongest position. That, we, that we've had without a doubt those players are all phenomenal and like I said we had to drop Wayne Rooney to the left wing pre-roll left wing which he did play sometimes to be able to accommodate those Ronaldo in European games <laughs> exactly <laughs> and Van Persie yeah but um, oh god Van Persie for Arsenal and for United in that first season he, he moved in one United he, he was the best striker in the world and like think about that header in 2014 World Cup we watched that live together I remember yeah. in a in a, in a pub in Dublin. That was fantastic. We've oh, never seen anything like that. That was that header was insane. I know it wasn't Premier League, but it was like the quality of that man when he was in his prime was phenomenal. Aguero, he just continues to score goals, season after season. You could say the same about Harry Kane. I think he's a really intelligent footballer. He's, he's a finisher, man. He, he's a finisher, but he's also really good at he's really good at linking the play. He's got it all. He's he, he's, he's a leader. To, well, to get him out of Tottenham is going to cost over two hundred million pounds without a doubt. If anyone, well, they'll let him go for free in two years, won't they? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're doing these days. Um, they're taking the advice of their North London neighbours. That's it. Ed Nazar in at left wing. Is is there any other no, left wing? No, like Sadio Mane has been very good for Liverpool. Mane and Sanchez when he was in his prime, but in terms of what he's led, um, what he what he led Chelsea to, and how well he played, there's no competition. No, and he did, he did it so consistently year in year out. He's a bit newer to the game. There was, he he downed tools as they all did in in Mourinho's last half season for Chelsea. But apart from that, he was yeah. really, really, really top quality so, player. That is the official team of the decade. Yeah, yeah. as voted for by the fans. Yeah. <laughs> um, as voted for by us, though, Joe, we've got uh, some predictions to do for the weekend. We do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As in always. a series that there's only one of us taking the lead. Taking any sort of initiative, you know, calling this thing right, it's it's two nil anyway to the big man. Yours truly. Um, we're gonna start with the early Saturday kickoff. Bournemouth host Manchester United. In what hopefully will be an absolute cracker. Yeah, I'm gonna go for a draw. I'm gonna go for a two all draw to get us started. Bournemouth are good at home. Two all. Manchester United have hit a bit of form. Two two is what not, neither are good defensively. Both have decent attacking players. Two all, yeah. Two two. I'm gonna say two one to Manchester United, Joe. I'm gonna forecast United win. I think I think Bournemouth have struggled for goals recently. United 
since the Liverpool game, I think what, they won three or four on the road. I know they put out a strong team in the in the Carabao Cup against Chelsea, but I mean, yeah, they've strung together some good away they no, they, wins, they, they, they especially well. against teams that are proud to play football against them. They I think go, well, going to Bournemouth, Bournemouth will try to keep the ball and play football against them. And the only thing that United seem to do is counter attack, especially with Martial back in the team. I think they're going to win the game two one. The afternoon kickoffs. Yeah. Arsenal Football Club take on <laughs> Wolverhampton Wanderers. 2-1 Arsenal. Now you do know that we've done three of these prediction shows and you've predicted three Arsenal wins. And no, not three prediction shows, but unless we're you predicted one in the Caribou Cup as well. Unless we're playing City and Liverpool away, be assured that I'm going to predict an Arsenal win. What score are you saying, Joe? I said 2-1. 2-1 Arsenal. Do you know what? I'm looking at Wolves and I'm thinking if only they were some sort of giant killing specialists on the road they just love to go to big six teams and just do them in their back garden yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I'm kind of remembering oh wait that's exactly <laughs> what they are <laughs> I would completely agree and I'm thinking they're Arsenal they're, they're a super consistent football team you know they're all over their shit at the minute what could go wrong they're super super mentally stable right now I am not going to say that Arsenal are going to lose against Wolverhampton Wanderers you know at home I said you know that Liverpool of course probably not what, 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 self, what self-respecting Arsenal fan is going to say that they're not going to pick a well, that's not totally delusional I'm not delusional you're all delusional I'm completely, all delusional. I'm, I'm completely um, with my senses I'm going to say 2-2 in that game draw uh, Villa take on Liverpool Villa at home yes 3-0 Liverpool win they have been decent recently. Yeah, they're playing Liverpool. Liverpool are set to rest Fabinho because he's on four yellow cards. Yeah, and they're City the week after. So they'll play fine. Hazard Murray Henderson there, be fine. Yeah, Liverpool win three 0 yeah. I can okay three 0 I can see Villa scoring anyway. Um, do you know what Liverpool? For as brilliant as they've been, they've not been overly convincing. Have recently they've been leading a late lots. So it's been. Tighter than most people want, and I think it's going to be especially tight again. I'm going to think 2 1 Liverpool. Both teams to score tight margin, that's the way I see it going. Um, Brighton and Hove Albion take on Norwich City. City. Well, you were very kind to leave in the Hove, and we did speak about this the other day. Imagine leaving my Hove, man. Have you forgotten all about I'm going to go for a Brighton win. I think they're much better than Norwich. I'm going to say 2 0. Do you know what? I think you're you're definitely right. I've actually brought Aaron Connolly into my fantasy football team Bra- this week. Brighton are half decent, and they they they, they, they have Lee Gunner as their manager. Two nil. If you watch Lee Gunner, he's an Arsenal. <laughs> he he's a he's a he's an Arsenal YouTuber. He looks the exact same as Graham Potter. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Two <laughs> 0 uh, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also think that Brighton are going to win, and I think it's going to be three one. Goals in that game. Um, Norwich have been really, really, really poor though. Uh, Man City take on Southampton for the second time in a week. Five nil Man City. Now I mean Man City beat them three one midweek. Five nil Man City. Southampton are a really poor team, man. I think they need to get relegated. Looks like they're gonna get relegated. Southampton are eighteenth on eight points after ten games. Yeah, and they just lost nine nil. Having said that, Norwich are on seven points. Man, this this Southampton side have been sliding since they got rid of Claude Puel, and it doesn't they don't show any sign of getting better. They had a brief honeymoon period under Hasen Hubble, but five 0 was it? Five 0 yeah. City at home, 
Yeah, man. Four now. They're gonna put goals past them. Like, I'm glad I have um, De Bruyne and Sterling in my fantasy team. Captain Sterling. I have feeling De Bruyne is not gonna play between me and you. <laughs> Shock. Um, Sheffield United host Burnley. Ooh. 1-1. One, one. <laughs> oh, you think there's going to be goals, man? Goals. I think that there's going to be oh, two, two set-piece goals. Least, no least, way. No, just least nil, nil, nil. Shut up. It wouldn't surprise me if it's nil-nil, but I think Lee Smith's going to continue his goal-scoring form. Uh, for Sheffield United and uh, Ashley Barnes or Chris Wood, one or the other will score for Rodriguez, one of their big centre forwards. Uh, I've got uh, United and Burnley defenders in my defence yeah. this week. Tarkovsky, me. Nah, mate, I've got um, Lugrums and I've got, uh, who's the brainy player? Peters, Peters. Eric Peters. Eric Peters, left back, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lundstrom, that's his name. Lundstrom, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Apologies. Uh, West Ham take on Newcastle. Still Saturday, 3 pm. Ooh. You know, West Ham have been shit. West Ham. Newcastle has Yeah, yeah, yeah. Newcastle haven't been that, 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 that bad. I'm going to go for a jaw, I'm going to go for a 1 1 as well. <laughs> Dude, this Newcastle team are rubbish. They are <laughs> awful. You have not watched any of them. They I are have, terrible. I have, I have, I have. They are they awful. Are, they are shocking. Apologies to any Newcastle fans no, 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 out there, no, no, any Geordies. No, 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 we have two good uh, Newcastle Newcastle friends. We, lo- we love Newcastle. They are awful. My dad lived in Newcastle for say, some one, reason. One, one, it? I, I, no, scratch that. You've actually convinced me that West Ham are going to win 2-1. Oh, man. West Ham have been shit, though. They're going to beat Newcastle at home. <laughs> they're going to be like, where, where West Ham going to finish this year? Ninth. So if they're, go- they're going to finish in the top half, and you're telling me they're not going to beat Newcastle at home. <laughs> we're going to smack them around. Yeah, I'd have Newcastle to finish. No, it's going to be 3 0 to West Ham. I'd say Newcastle finish between 16th and 18th. They're going to slap Newcastle. Where do you think Newcastle finish? I think they're going to go down, man. I think I said it already. Yeah, 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 they're going yeah, down. Speaking of going down, Watford hosts Chelsea. In the evening kickoffs, bear, mind, bear in mind. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for a draw. Think Chelsea are gonna slip up on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go for a one-all draw. Finally, that's that's maybe more hope. Finally, booked else. their unbeaten run. I actually midweek. Think, I think they got six and six wins in a row till midweek, wasn't it? Watford have not been that bad, and they have some decent players. I think I think that they'll get. A and chance. Watford have been rubbish. Man, they've been rubbish. The last couple of games, they've been all right. They've been rubbish. So what to say? One one. One one. Excuse me. 2-0 Chelsea, man. Can't be absurd. Sunday football. Super Sunday. Um, Crystal Palace host Leicester City. And actually, what's quite a decent game. It is. Um, I'm going to go for a one one again. By the way, that's a fine pour of Guinness. Ray, Ray pours a, a mean can of Guinness if, if anyone wants to know he really it's a lot ahead like he, he gets it almost like a pint in a, in a we'll pub. go for the we'll go he, for the twitter guys he, he gets well. it almost like a pint he's really it's, nice. it's good pour. if i could say what, what is what is rafe garland's greatest trait my biggest quality his, his best skill is is pouring a pint uh, a pint of guinness out of a can <laughs> that's my that's my <laughs> best quality <laughs> all right fair enough um score for that game please sir one Leicester. Although I wouldn't be surprised if Palace got a point because Palace are really not that bad. 
and they'll play on the counter attack even at home. Like, Crystal Palace uh, have fifteen points after six games. Do you know what? Uh, what's a guarantee? That Leicester have twenty ten, points. Do you know, do you know after what, ten games? Do you know what's a guarantee? That Wilfried Zaha will get a penalty for Palace, and that Milivojevic will convert it. So I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna put one for Palace. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And how many for Leicester? Still, yeah, Leicester win. Leicester are good, man. Leicester, Leicester are good, and you know what? Palace aren't as good at home. They they play really, really well on the road. Um, Leicester coming off nine 0 man. You can't look past that. I'm gonna say one 0 to Leicester. It's gonna be a tight game. They're gonna win with a clean sheet. Um, Everton taking on Spurs in the battle of the crisis. <laughs> oh, Is someone getting bad. sacked on Monday? After that game, I suppose if there's a loss there, which is why I'm going to go for a draw, I'm going to go for a 2 2. 2 2? Yeah, neither side can defend at the moment. Neither side can defend. I think that Spurs have been absolutely awful this year. Yeah. Having watched them against Liverpool last week, they, they were good in spells, they won midweek. I think that. Starting the weekend in the bottom half of the table, it's going to be a boost for them. I think that Everton used up their juice last week against Brighton away from home. Yeah, and they lost. Yeah, I... Two Spurs win, man. 2-0 Spurs. Actually, 3-1. 2-1. 2-1 Spurs. Yeah, it wouldn't come past that. And Marco Silva to be sacked next week. Because, I mean, if they lose... They could, be as, they could be as low as 19th. Yeah, 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 well, depending yeah, yeah. on... Are Newcastle going to win? I said no. You said no. Are Southampton going to win? No. Are Norwich going to win? No. Then they'll probably stay out of the drop zone for another weekend. But they'll be down there. You know. They're, they are, they are down there. Everton can't afford... Literally can't afford to be 16th. They have to be 7th or 8th. No. Like, they, they, they can't afford to be 16th. How does that... How does that compare with the money they spent with the infrastructure they have being 16th in the Premier League? It should be 6th or 7th. Although, although staying up in the Premier League, 16th is staying up in the Premier League and like 8th or 9th is staying up in the Premier League. And in terms no of resources, football, they should be 7th. Of course they should. Of course they should. Man, they were the biggest team in England in the 80s. They were the best team yeah, 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 in yeah, England yeah. in the 80s at one stage. Man, they've fallen off a cliff. They nearly got relegated in the 90s twice. Yeah. <sighs> Could happen this year, man. They are awful. Nah, they're, they're worse teams. They're probably are just about worst teams this year. There are they some are bad teams. Awful. The, 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 you, do you know what? There's some good teams in the middle of the Premier League, and there are definitely yeah. good teams at the top. But at the bottom, there are shite teams. That's why you see people, teams like Sheffield United, coming up and being so comfortable in the Premier League at the moment. Like the teams at the bottom are super shit. They're really yeah. bad. Like once you get stranded at that bottom of the Premier League, the confidence goes. Yeah. Oh man, losing football games is awful. Oh, it's awful. When, you we, know, we Arsenal. Oh, gee, I was I was going to talk about when we used to play football together, like for a, a club level, and that last season that we had, like Jesus Christ, just losing games. Yeah, <laughs> losing games <laughs> sucks. It, uh, it's awful, and you get stuck in that rut. It's a pattern. You can't get out of it. Do you have anything that you would like to talk about while we're here? Anything we haven't covered? Anything else you want to get off your chest? Until that, that can't wait until Monday. Not particularly, no. no. No, I feel pretty you relieved of anything that I have to say. I think right. the, the, the main thing for me this week was the Xhaka thing. I've definitely calmed down since I did my, my video. I still think he should be stripped as captain. I, th I, I don't think you can leave the pitch is like he, that. Is he finished as an Arsenal player? 
<laughs> I, I, I think I think that I mean if he comes back and plays for Arsenal I'm going to support him because he's an Arsenal player but I, he's a brave man if, if he walks out onto that pitch this weekend I don't think he will I think Emery's actually come out and said he's not in the squad which is definitely he has. right he's, he's, not, he's not in the squad this weekend but, um, no I'd be happy if he was sold in January it'd take 15-20 million pounds whatever yeah. it is yeah get rid Linders is the name of Liverpool's assistant coach by the way right at Linders <laughs> for the record Linders you got it right eventually yeah, right guys before we go please 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 subscribe to our YouTube channel that's the most important that is, that is really really where we want to go we're coming to you live today from Facebook and from Twitter please go over to YouTube we are the premier football podcast we're not hard to find and um, we'll put links up in all of the descriptions and all of our bios we're on Facebook Twitter Instagram Spotify it'll go up on Spotify tomorrow yeah please tomorrow is Saturday by the way please come check us out but when you do subscribe like share because as much fun as we're having we want to have even more fun with even more people yeah it's all about getting like the, the, the more that we can get out of this the more that we can put in like the, the bigger this can get the better uh, wait till like, you see the, wait till you see the production have, that's coming yeah, yeah, we, yeah we've yeah. got a meeting with the production manager tomorrow we, we do well we I do, do at least yeah. it's going to be fantastic yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, wait yeah, till yeah. you see the equipment that we start coming out with the, the improved audio the improved video it's going to be absolutely class guys we're going to start doing merchandise it's going to be off the chain stay with us but please good god subscribe to youtube because we've got like what 17 subscribers in that is bullshit guys we need to get it up to a thousand asap yo we got 650 followers on twitter and 17 subscribers on youtube it doesn't compute bullshit go over to youtube please thank you very much joe thanks for joining me pleasure see you next week thanks guys